What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's where the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions per episode dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, relationship advice, catechesis, evangelization, the list goes on. I will then sit and pray with your questions, study them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint. However, my disclaimer is this and has always been this. I am not perfect. Therefore, the advice that I give to you might not actually be good for you. If that is the case, I want to give you the freedom to reject whatever it is that I say as not help you to grow closer to Jesus Christ. However, if my advice is good for you, though difficult, then I want to encourage you to lean into Jesus Christ in prayer, in sacrament, in scripture, in relationship so that God can give you the graces that you may need to fulfill the demands of discipleship. If you're a first-time listener, you can hit me up with your own questions at www.ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. You can hit me up with comments, critiques, your own glory stories, and feedback from today's show and questions for future shows. On today's show, though, however, I'm super excited because we have a guest with us, a guest that I've known probably since the year 2008, I'm thinking, mm. so almost 12 12 years I've known this. I know actually longer because I knew about him before he knew me because I used to go to the Adore events mm, yeah. in home at Thibodeau uh, yeah. when you and Bishop Sam Jacobs did adoration. So the guest for today, and I got a cool story to tell you about that, but the guest for today is Father Mark Toops. What's up, Father Mark? Nothing much. I have a question. I mean, that that was a really awesome intro and yeah. just listening to the intro. Like I just, I think the Lord put a question on my heart. <laughs> just and, and jump he, right in. <laughs> here's the question. So uh, a man like myself who is challenged with, uh, with hair, like I'm, I'm just bald. Ooh. Like how, how, how could I crank out one of those like fly beards you got on right there, man? Like All what right. advice would you give me right here? Mm, right there. So, um, I, I use, this this beard balm and so if i were you i would start applying that saint raphael oil that you can get from that website with some beard balm and if you just believe in it it will come somebody right Lord you God. just gotta somebody believe just God. believe Ooh. say come come Preach on that. lord come on now. Uh, mm. <laughs> there can be miracles when he, okay dude all right so father mark real quick adore back in like 2000 early 2000s you and paul george bishop yeah. sam jacobs uh, yeah. I remember one of those doors, uh, which, oh man, I remember y'all used to like have the, the whole, the scene, the stage set up like dirty laundry. Remember that one? Um, yes, but, yes. yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, but there was one of them where you are Bishop Sam led adoration. And whenever one of y'all brought the monstrance out that held the Eucharist in, in it, uh, me and my best friend, Sam, who at the time was a Protestant, he's a Catholic now. When the monster was placed before us, the Eucharist, we felt wind blow out of the Eucharist onto our face. Uh, it was super crazy. And so I, after that experience, I was like, Sam, like, you going to convert? And he was like, uh, no, no, actually, he didn't. He, he like went down a bad path for a few years and then he converted years later. But it was um, it was a real cool glory moment where we were like, yo, that was crazy. It doesn't happen every day that you get like the the fan from the Eucharist. So. Shout out to it. It, it does, does not happen every day. And I do want to give a shout out to uh, to Paul George and his beautiful family and to Bishop Jacobs, uh, who were, um, gosh, they're real pioneers of, of yeah. founding a door. And we had some we had some great moments uh, in, in that run. It was a beautiful season in life. And uh, yeah. And just uh, praise God that he pursues us with everything, including those uh, those moments that you just you just described. 
Yeah, yeah. So on today's show, Father Mark, uh, we are going to talk about Rejoice Advent Meditations mm. with the Holy Family. Um, but before we get into that awesome, awesome work, um, and it really is awesome, I'll tell you about it in a minute, uh, I want to share with you, Father Mark, a glory story. So, glory story. All right, check this out. So, uh, you and I, you led me in a silent retreat this this summer mm-hmm. in July yeah. in Grand Isle. Uh, it yeah. was super awesome. Uh, thank you so much for your generosity and your hospitality. Uh, You're welcome, brother. But one of the cool graces that I experienced was like just trusting my prayer. Uh, mm-hmm. And over and over again throughout the silent retreat, I would perceive the Father's voice. I would perceive the Father's invitation. And, and I would kind of write that down. And then when I would pray with one of the scriptures that you were inspired to share with me or the literally hours for the day or the mass readings, it was over and over again, whatever I perceived from the father in prayer would then like almost word for word be in the scripture text that you um, gave to me to pray with or with the literally hours for that day or the mass readings. And so it was just a very beautiful thing where I was, I just perceived the Holy Spirit saying, Josh, just trust in, trust in your prayer. Like the father loves you and he's really, he's speaking to you. And I want you to trust in that. Um, and so that was like a huge glory story because this past week, I, uh, I've been, you know, as a pastor and a vocation director, uh, there's just so much I'm trying to juggle all the time. Mm -hmm. And the temptation can be to like focus on stuff in the parish or focus on, uh, where people are at with their discernment, right? Uh, in, in, with regards to saying yes to going to seminary and the application process. And and I perceived when I was in prayer, the father say, Josh, put all that on the shelf, put it all on the shelf and just look at Jesus. I, I, cause I said, I said, Holy spirit, how do you want me to pray right now? And I just perceived the father say, put it on the shelf and look at Jesus. So I, I did. And then I went to celebrate mass. I went to celebrate mass, Padre, the, the gospel for that day, was Peter walking on water and there's a storm going on and he's tempted to look at the storm, but he looked at Jesus. And as long as he looked at Jesus, there was peace. And the moment he took his eyes off of Jesus and focused his eyes on the very real storm that was happening, anxiety and fear and worry and concern happened. And so it was just like a beautiful uh, moment for me to remember the graces from our time together on the silent retreat in July. Cause I said, yeah. Oh Lord, yeah. you, you did, you did, you, you, you told me in any way. So, yeah. Mm. Well, first of all, uh, praise God for the generosity that uh, you gave the Lord on retreat and uh, praise God for what he did there. I think what uh, what I often don't get to say uh, to beautiful men like yourself or uh, retreatants like yourself is that it was also a real gift for me. Uh, it's been an awesome uh, journey uh, with you ever since we first met and uh, to watch what God's been doing in your life. And uh, I just, it's its a real privilege to be with you today because I'm, I'm proud of you. And oh, uh, I, I, it's, it's just awesome to see what God's doing in your life and uh, what happens when we're docile. Uh, and if you think about uh, everything that you just said, right, that you're busy with things in the parish and you're busy with things in the vocations office and you're just trying to do what God has asked you to do. Two things pop up in my heart. 
Uh, number one, about five years ago, when I was probably at the busiest stretch of my entire life, uh, the Lord said something very beautiful, but very sobering to me that I may have shared with you privately. He said, um, and I quote, I take, this is God, right? God said, I take 100% responsibility for ideas that are 100% mine. And then he said <laughs> yeah. to me, and then he said to me, I am no longer interested in your good ideas. Um, and so I just find it very consoling that the Lord, um, is not only taking the initiative in all of our lives, but when God says, Hey, I want you to do this, then God's going to take 100% responsibility for inspiring us, for communicating with us, for leading us, for protecting us. If we are just active, in receiving from him, if we're active in our docility, mm-hmm. if we're active in our following him, then great things are gonna are gonna happen, and we just need to trust that. Yeah. The second thing that comes to me is, um, as you describe being super busy right now at this stage of your life, I can't imagine that uh, this podcast comes at a better time because I would imagine that a lot of people who are listening are also super busy right now, right? Either getting ready for. Um, just family gatherings in the holiday season, right? From now all the way to Christmas um, and, and trying to, to to just get through the end of 2020, which for a lot of people has been busy. Yeah. I don't imagine that for a lot of people, um, the same words are applicable, right? Um, that they need to find the Lord in the midst of all that. And God might want them to just kind of put things on the shelf and um, and just listen to his voice also. So your words are applicable for a lot of people these days. And Going back to your number one, being inspired by the Lord and him taking credit, I think God will definitely take credit for the Rejoice program. Um, Father Amen, Mark, I, I have to say, uh, Advent has become one of my favorite seasons. And awesome. before, three years ago, when we did Rejoice with Mary, and then last year with Joseph, and now this year with the Holy Family, Father Mark, I mean, I just, before, I didn't know how to enter into Advent. It was such a difficult season for me to enter into. Um, I, I knew Christmas was right around the corner and it was really busy with all the stuff going on. But whenever you produced through the fruit of your prayer, this rejoice program, it has radically transformed my experience of the Advent season. And I, I think for all my listeners, it can radically transform their experience as well. So I just wanted to, to, to kind of throw it to you and, and ask you, how did this come up? Like, how did the Lord inspire you and invite you to to write this program for Advent? I think the inspiration for um, the Rejoice series goes back to my my just my experience as a pastor. Uh, so this is going to go back probably to 2006. Uh, I was pastor of St. Lucy's in St. Luke's, two very beautiful African-American communities in Homa who taught me a lot about the priesthood and certainly taught me how to be a father. And I remember my very first Advent walking in to the Advent season, just so excited how people were just be ready for Christmas. And um, I think to be completely transparent, my, my first Advent as a pastor, I just felt like I was competing with Santa Claus mm. and that, that I was doomed to fail from the very beginning. Um, that then brought me into Lent and very first uh, time as a pastor for Lent. And I just had visions of how many people were going to be um, just prostrate before the cross on Good Friday and how many people were going to be moved with the washing of the feet on Holy Thursday. And um, that very first Lent, we probably had uh, less than 10 percent of our people at the, the Church of Women services. And, um, and just as a pastor, uh, I was 
I just experienced a lot of grief in my heart for that. Mm. And um, so I cleared my calendar after Easter and uh, I just made as many house visits as possible. And uh, and after dinner was over and after we just kind of celebrated some fellowship, uh, just looked in the parishioners eyes and said with great love, like a lot of love, just like, where were you? <laughs> um, and um, and I didn't really hear anything back that changed my life. Um However, I was pulling out of the driveway in um, after one of those visits, and it was the home of a very, a very, very um, simple family, a very meager house and simple house. And uh, like everything was clean that night. I walked in the house. The house was spotless. Food was maybe the best meal I've had yet at that point. And uh, as I was driving home, I realized something that uh, every one of the houses that I'd visited after Easter, it was it was a better meal that night than they would have had without me there. Mm-hmm. And every one of the houses that I went into, the house was clean and straightened up. And I realized that most people change their life because of a person, not because of a concept. Um, the pastor was showing up and there was a person who was coming to their house. And because a person was coming to their house, they changed their behavior. They cleaned the house. They They made a special meal. Most people change their life because of a person, not because of a concept. Mm. And so my second advent, I said, okay, um, I, I will not lose Santa Claus. Um, and if we're going to get to know the person of Jesus on Christmas, then we have to get to know the person of Mary mm. in Advent. And then I wrote a very similar resource for Lent. Um, and so that's where Rejoice came. Uh, Rejoice came from my heart as a pastor where if we are going to uh, change our lives after December 25th, it's going to only be because we encountered a person on the day of Christmas, December 25th. And I find no better way for people to prepare for encounter than with other real people. And uh, growing up, Mary was untouchable. Uh, she was almost like the fourth person of the Trinity. <laughs> there is no fourth person of the Trinity, but right. she was almost that holy, you know. And Joseph, as I wrote in the forward of last year's book, was was actually presented in such a way I didn't want to get to know him um, because he didn't look very manly and he didn't look like a guy that I would want to, you know, take my life and and replicate it on, on his lifestyle because of what I saw in art and things like that. Yeah. And so I just I just said, hey, we have to get to know these people. And as I've gotten to know Mary, I just, I am more in love with her than ever. Yeah. And the more that I get to know Joseph, I am more fascinated with him with, than ever. And, and I will say just something real bold that if every priest loved the church the way that Joseph loved Mary, um, every person on the, on the planet would be Catholic. Amen. Um, if, if every priest, if every priest across mm. the world, if every priest loved the church the way that Joseph loved Mary, that would be so attractive to both the believers and the non-believers that everybody would want to, would want to, I think, just be a part of that. And, Joseph um, gives us a standard, right, Father Mark? And absolutely. That, and that standard that he gives us, his model, his example, is something that we can live up to because Joseph, he was, uh, he was a, a broken human being, just like you and I. He was yeah. not, he was an immaculate. And so if Joseph could love Mary that well, then we also, I agree, we have the capacity to love Holy Mother, our bride, our bride, the church. We have the, we have the capacity to, to, to love our bride well. I, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. And I think if every husband loved his wife the way that Joseph loved Mary, then you would see a transformation in the world. 
uh, because of the transformation of those marriages and the transformation of family life. So uh, to me, I, I think it's uh, it's it's been a real uh, equally transformational thing for myself. And uh, yeah, just super excited for people to get to know the real Joseph and for people to get to know the, the, their relational dynamics. Yeah. Um, you know, I think about uh, John Paul II says that the body in it alone makes visible that which is invisible, right? So when I saw you on this podcast interface, I saw your body, but your body is revealing your soul. Mm. So I want, us, I want us to think about this for a second. If the body in it alone makes visible the soul, and Mary had the most beautiful soul of any woman uh, ever made, that means her body, if it makes visible the soul, she must have been the most beautiful woman ever to have walked the planet. Yeah. And so you here, here you are, you're Joseph, you're married to the most beautiful woman in the world. And yet she is honored and cared for and loved and, you know, has never tempted uh, just the kind of virtue that Joseph would have had to love her with, man. Yeah. And, uh, and, and how he would have had to beg the Lord for help with that. And that's what I think is awesome is that I think Joseph, because of everything you just said, he was not born without sin. He had to beg God for help just like all of us. And, yeah. and so like, please God one day that that would be the standard for us men. That would be the standard for priests. That would be the standard for, for men across the world that we would strive to be like that and would not get hooked up with the excuses that we have, but we would just shoot after him, man. And I think too, Mary, by her relationship with him, she really gave him the freedom to strive for for holiness and to strive to protect her and to strive just to be the man that God created him to be. I think Mary, she drew him. She drew out the masculine heart of, of Joseph. And I think mm. that for every husband, the wife also plays a, a very important role of of if, if she also loves him well, if she strives to imitate Mary uh, and her virtue, then that could really draw out that which is best in the man. And I think you really, you really do a great job of showing the way that Mary loved Joseph and, and also the way that Joseph loved Mary and how their love for each other um, helped, helped them to, to really, uh, I guess, give us the model that we're all looking for. Yeah, there's a great line uh, from uh, one of my favorite preachers. He said that that when Jesus first saw Simon, he saw Peter inside of Simon. And it took three years for Jesus to pull Peter out of Simon, right? It took mm. three years to pull the Pope out to fishermen. And I think in the way that Mary loved Joseph, um, she she almost, in that way, just her virtue, she almost pulled the virtue out of Joseph. She pulled the best out of him. And, um, and I think so many times in our lives, especially when we're stressed or we're busy, like at this time of year and of all years this year, um, it can be difficult for us to be challenged, to take, take, to step up, you might say, with virtue. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I'm hoping happens with, uh, with this year's Advent. Number one, I do certainly want God just to meet us in our circumstances. But I do believe that God has something special in store. I've been praying for every married couple mm. who has been challenged during COVID. I've been praying for every married couple who's been challenged because of the economy. Uh, I'm fully aware that there are lots of marriages that have been strained because of the election and maybe differences of opinions or political philosophies inside that marriage. And I would just say this, that if there's any married couple that is looking to take a, take a step and they just don't know how, 
I think this is an awesome advent. Mm. I think that if they could both um, use the resource, use the journal, because the journal has those meditations that are so easy to read in more than 500 words. I mean, it takes three minutes to read. I summarize the meditation in a word. And then all you have to do is just kind of like marinate that all day long. And then at the end of the day, share that with each other as a couple. Hey, this is what stirred in my heart. Uh, what, what stirred in your heart? I, I think if married couples are looking of all years to take a step, like, like look no further. This is a great time to do that um, during Advent this year. I think it's super practical what you just said. So in the morning, prioritize some time with the book, with your prayer yeah. time. And then in the evening, just share. And, and the book lends to that because you have space in the book for them to not only read, but for them to also write as well, to, to write out what's going on in their heart. Because I think sometimes whenever we do pray, we, we forget we forget about our prayer because so much happens in the day, but journaling really does give us an opportunity to go back and to then go deeper because with God, there's always more. There's so much more that can be revealed if we simply take the time to just write out a little bit of what we're perceiving God, the father, our Joseph, our blessed mother say to us when we spend that time with them in prayer. Yeah. I tell people all the time that the things that are most important uh, to us, we actually keep a record of. I don't know many people who um, who with their finances um, uh, or don't have a, a way to track their finances, right? Whether it's online or whether it's in, in text. How, how many people um, capture their 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 marriage? How many people capture the the the, the early years of their child's life, right? With mm-hmm. f- with photography, the things that are important to us, we we savor. We, the things that are sacred to us, we track. The things that are important to us, we keep a record of. Then when it comes to our spiritual life. So many of us miss the opportunity to do that. And that's what the journal does, right? Yeah. The journal, if you just take 10 seconds at the end and just write like a word or phrase of what summarizes that prayer, and you do that for 28 days of Advent, and then you look back, it's so easy to track themes. It's so easy to say, ah, oh, God answered prayers. Can't tell you how many times um, people have uh, like uh, put down a question at the beginning of Advent that they want answered or they, they write down something they need from God. And then by the end of Advent or whatever time of prayer that they're, they're praying, they're able to look back and say, gosh, I asked that question on the first week and God has come through for me. So you're right. The way that the, the journal is formatted, I think that the, uh, the space in there for them to write their thoughts down is awesome. And I also think the artwork is something that is yeah. a real beautiful gift this year. Mike did a great job with the artwork, I think revealing the humanity of both Mary's pregnancy and the Jewishness of Joseph's masculinity. I just think the artwork is is phenomenal and uh, just would really want people to take advantage of, uh, of maybe getting some of the prints that are available th- this year. If they just go to rejoiceprogram.com, they can have access not only to all the information for the program, but on rejoiceprogram.com, there, there, there is the, the prints themselves. In fact, if they go to rejoiceprogram.com, they're interested in the prints. They, there may be a promo code. It is ART10, A-R-T, all caps, 10, the number 10, and you can get 10% off. Yeah, man. Which is there really cool, right? Because you could because I use artwork because um, God tries to draw us to encounter him in all different kinds of ways. And I think it's really important, too, for us to have in our own homes a sacred place and a sacred space to to be set aside, to be able to encounter God. Whenever we have a place where we could put this beautiful artwork up, have our Bible, have our our coffee for me, I need coffee, uh, your mm-hmm. coffee guy, too, right? 
Uh, yes, I think indeed. in the more, yeah, I remember that when I came over there, yeah, to have that sacred space to encounter God. Now space is something that came up in your prayer as you wrote this specific journal, Rejoice Advent Meditations with the Holy Family, which can be um, found at rejoiceprogram.com. It's super good. Y'all please get this program if you don't have it. But with regards to space, Mary <laughs> gave Joseph space. Yes. I, what, okay, what was going on in your heart whenever you were being inspired to write about that? Because that has been something that has stuck with me and has uh, just helped me out with human relationships. Uh, and yeah. so what was the inspiration? Like, if you can go back to that time, yeah. whenever you wrote that, like, what was happening in your prayer for you to be drawn to this space that she gave Joseph that was so helpful for him and, and for really all of us? Yeah, so I, um, I, I've i had the privilege of writing um, uh, all three Rejoice books uh, in, in a retreat atmosphere. So I... I I, when I, when I was pastor in Thibodeau, I would come down here to Grand Isle and, um, and just in a lot of silence, um, just uh, expose the blessed sacrament on the end of the table, have my, my laptop. And then just like, Hey, like, you got to talk to me. You, you got to give this to me because I can't do this on my own. Yeah. And, um, so I was drawn to the, the moment where Joseph had a lot going on in his heart. So, um, I was, I was led to, to imagine, okay, as a guy, what's it like for me, um, when I'm being asked to do something that either I don't understand or that I feel inadequate to do or that, that I don't see the, the end in sight, right? And so when Mary shares the news of, um, of the incarnation, right, of, of Jesus in her womb, and Joseph, it says in the Gospel of Matthew chapter one that he decided to divorce her quietly, right? And then after the annunciation of from from Gabriel in his own life, right, he he changes his mind. Well, we don't know how long that took, right? Uh, that could have been an overnight thing. Mary maybe had to wait a week or maybe a couple of weeks. And um, and so I actually felt drawn to call two women that I know who are just walking with the Lord in a very beautiful way. And um, I just asked them to pray with me because I wanted um, I wanted the feminine heart to reveal mm -hmm. herself. And um, and both of them, independent of each other, said the same thing, that as they prayed with that moment in Joseph's life, asking the Blessed Mother, to reveal to them what was in her heart for Joseph. They both said that Mary just gave Joseph the space that he needed um, because she trusted that Joseph was going to bring his heart to the Lord, right? So instead of pestering Joseph or forcing Joseph, manipulating or, him, forcing <laughs> Joseph or manipulating him, right? Mary just said, hey, I trust this guy. And I'm going to create a space where he can just go to the Lord and, and fight this out with God. Right. And um, and so, yeah, I, I just I'm just that's one of the dynamics of their marriage that that we can. Gosh, we can all learn from. You just said that it's impacted your own relationships of uh, of just giving people like healthy space. Yeah. Yeah. And especially people who I trust are, are people of prayer. You know, I think that yeah. Mary knew that as you pointed out and rejoice Advent meditations with Joseph, him being a just man. Biblically, yeah. a just man, a righteous man was a man rooted in the word of God. 
And so Mary and Joseph clearly knew each other before they were betrothed with each other. And so she knew he was a man of prayer. And so, yeah, I think she felt free as a woman to give him that space, too, because she knew this is a man of the interior life. And so there's different people in my life who I'm collaborating with, who I'm working with. And in the past, I think I would have maybe tried to get them to really see why I think a certain way about a certain ministry or why I'm really passionate about a certain thing. But this is really giving me even the freedom to just say, you know what? I trust that these people, they know Jesus and they love Jesus. And I know that they, they pray that they're responsible with their time with the Lord. And so now that they know um, uh, what's going on in my heart, I'm going to trust that if God wants them to be a part of this, that they're going to come. And if God doesn't want them to be a part of this, then God's going to invite them to something new. And I've, I don't think I've ever been in that kind of place in my in my priesthood, in my relationships with the people who I work with, where there's just a freedom. There's a total freedom of like, look, here's what's going on. If you want to come on board, praise God. If not, totally cool. I trust you. I really trust you. And so I think, especially for couples, it's important. I think sometimes a man might listen to this and he might say, well, look, well, my wife doesn't give me that kind of space. You know, like, well, it's like, well, dude, man up and show her that you're responsible with your time. Like when in your free time, don't play video games all the time. Like in your free time, don't go out to the to the bar. Like in your free time, actually show her first and foremost that you're going to give Jesus, give scripture, give prayer some some time on your calendar. And I bet the the wife will then be a lot more free in saying, you know what? I'm not I don't have to manipulate you anymore because I trust you that you're you're going to the Father, you're going to the Lord. I don't know. That's just some thoughts that I have as I'm yeah, ranting. I, I would imagine just listening to you that I would imagine that most guys probably want a relationship. Most husbands, I would imagine, want a relationship with their wife where they are trusted and that they are given space. Um, but I think for a lot of people in general, they don't know how to get there. Mm. Right. So does like do, do do most husbands know? Okay, well, if I did this practical things, then man, this might actually open up in my marriage. Yeah. Or even if you're not married, like, like I think a lot of us, we, I think anybody listening to this podcast wants holiness in some way, right? Or they're yeah. searching for the Lord in some way. But how do we get there? And I think that one of the things that I am grateful to the Lord for his mercy and for his inspiration is that in all three of the rejoice books, especially I think this year's, I think it's just super practical. Yeah, um, it's very practical. So there are some very practical things that people can do. They can see the very practical things in Joseph's life and Mary's life. I think probably one of my favorite things about this year's book is not only the way that I really felt Joseph was speaking to me as a priest and as uh, as someone who's married to the church yeah. and, and really kind of, I think, reforming my celibacy. But I think that this year's, um, resource is super practical, both for married couples or for anybody on the journey. And so, again, I think if there's anybody listening who just wants to take another step to the Lord, who just doesn't know how to do that, or who just wants something to ground them um, so that they actually focus on something other than the secular Christmas season, or if people just want to get out of 2020 <laughs> and they want to do that well, like yeah. no better way for us to to chew just be brought into a new year then with two people who had it hard themselves and the circumstances they were dealing with. Yeah. And I think who have, who have a lot to teach us. Yeah. They were totally out of control. Their environment was something that was not ideal um, during at any point really. Right. And especially in the beginning. Um, and so, yeah. So what can families do 
practically to as a family uh, to prepare for this upcoming Advent season? Um, I, I think that th- there's a couple of things that they can do. Uh, I can't uh, I, I don't want to forget about what we just talked about, because um, I think that people often remember the last thing. Married couples need to do this together. Mm-hmm. Right. So what families can do is they can they can do this together. They can also do this as a family. I mean, it's 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 it, how awesome would it be for a husband, wife, mother and father and, and all of their kids who are in the house to be able to read. 500 words a day. I mean, it takes two minutes. And then to talk about that at night, especially um, if families are looking to do something like to, to if they, if they've never celebrated the Advent wreath, like get one this year, Yeah, get an Advent wreath, light it every night. What are you doing? Well, there's two things that you could do with that Advent wreath. Um, we do have the artwork that Mike mm-hmm. was able to produce for, um, for rejoice. It's, it's, it's really beautiful. And on the back, of those cards, we have a prayer that goes week to week. It helps people pray their way through Advent as a family as they write the uh, light the Advent wreath as a family. So, really want to encourage people to 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 really just dive into the church's tradition with the Advent wreath. Use the art that's available this year in the packets, and there's a prayer that just walk you through it. And then also on Sunday nights, uh, every Sunday night during Advent at 8 p.m. Eastern, we'll be live. And um, I'll light the Advent wreath here in my home. And then we're going to unpack the gospel for those folks who could not go to Mass that day. And then just give some folks some encouragement. Families can watch that together. It'd be great for families to kind of join together. I think a lot of folks are dealing with um, just the reality of uh, living more isolated because of COVID. Yeah, totally. And yet, and, and, and technology can connect us. And so, and, and there's also the, there's the rejoice program that, that we did as well. So if you go to rejoiceprogram.com, yes, you can indeed. see the retreat with me and Father Mark and Sister Miriam, um, who we were together again in a, in a new way this year. Um, yes. but then you, you can also, um, every week in addition to the Facebook lives, there's, there's the videos that we also record as well. Right. Um, so there's yes. so much that I think are, is out there. And I would even like to encourage couples, like, I think sometimes, uh, and I'm speaking as a celibate man, but I'm also speaking as a father who's like who walks with with families who struggle. Uh, I think sometimes families, mothers and fathers focus more on their kids than they do on each other. So I would yeah. really encourage like, OK, the artwork and the prayer in the back, like from my perspective, that's the family prayer that the Advent wreath. That's the family thing. But like the intimate sharing and praying like husband, and wife, do that apart from your kids. Like, like have some time for each other apart from your children and then let your kids see the fruit of your love for each other. But like reverence that um, for each yeah, yeah. other, because I think sometimes we focus so much on having the kids being a part of everything that we we lose connection with each other. And, and it's really that connection with each other that's going to bear fruit for our kids. And so uh, have a sacred space just for each other's hearts to reverence. I, that's what that's what I think. Um, as, as, a, as the Passover in Santa Mall, but you know, it could be different depending on where you at. Uh, that's just something that's my well, heart. Uh, well, as I always tell people that, um, my greatest compliment to pastors is like, I want some envelopes. Like I want to join your parish. And we all know that first thing that people do when they join a parish is they get envelopes. So brother, sign me up. I want envelopes for Santa Mall. That's right. That's right. So Father Mark, <laughs> uh, what, uh, questions do you have for me? Because you and I go way back. So you could uh you can make me laugh right now or you can ask me something serious. Yeah. Um how about um how about this? Um I'm putting together a chapel here in my house. Ooh, and, yes. Uh, yeah. I'm putting some uh I've commissioned an artist, a good friend of mine, 
to um, to paint some art of Joseph. So mm. if you could have someone commission a piece of art for you of any moment in Joseph's life, what moment would you pick? Uh, I At this moment, the one that the image that just came to me when you said that was of Joseph and Mary traveling together and of the temptation for him to look at other families and their lives mm. and what they were able to provide. And, mm. but of Joseph, like kind of holding on to Mary and Mary's gaze is on Joseph, drawing Joseph away from the uh, comparison, uh, away from the opinions of others and just onto like, I'm with you and Jesus right now. And that's all that matters. And so I would mm. say the journey of Mary and Joseph uh, there, there, there are many journeys, and I think that over and over again, um, there was a temptation from the enemy uh, for him to compare his circumstances and what he was able to provide and not provide. Uh, and Mary's just right there looking at her eyes are on him. Mary's eyes are on Joseph. And yeah, I just that's that's the image I see is that him him being drawn to her gaze and her drawing him to Jesus through that. Yeah. So that's what mm. just came up. When you ask that question, <laughs> I love it. I what, love it. What about you? What 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 do you think would be the appropriate artwork of Joseph in your chapel? Um, I, I, I'll give you two because I've already commissioned six. Oh, uh, come on! But I'll, uh, yeah, so I've got six pieces, uh, six beautiful pieces of art coming uh, at some point. But there are two that that are are most uh, dear to me. Uh, the first is the image of. Um, it's the it's the moment when Joseph uh, looked at Mary and put his hands on her cheeks and he looked at her and he says, "I'm not going to divorce you." Ooh, okay. so it's the first time that he spoke to her after the angel Gabriel came to him, right? Matthew chapter one, and he decides to, to he's in. So it's the moment where he looks at her. What's his, his face eyes, look like? What does his face look like? Is he crying? Like what's going on? What do you see? Uh, I think it's the strength of I'm in. And um, I, I, I think it's the strength of Joseph looking at Mary as every man wants to be called out. Every man wants a woman to call the saint out of him. I think that. And uh, I think it's the moment where he's looking at Mary and he's like, hey, I'm in. I'm doing this. Uh, I, I want to be a saint and uh, I need you to, to keep looking at me the way you're looking at me so that I can be a saint. That would yeah. be the first painting. And then the second painting is um yeah the second painting is one that's very personal but it would be um just the, the moment of um it's the evening in Nazareth the way that I have this painting in my mind and um and Joseph is madly in love with Mary and um she's praying um at night before she goes before they go to bed and um and Joseph knows that to love her on her terms, yeah. he has to reverence the space in her heart that only God and God alone can fill. Oh, yeah. And so instead of uh, taking from Mary or mm. grasping at Mary, like he voluntarily chooses oh. uh, the good for her, right? Mm. And he chooses to love her on her terms. And so that would be the one that most speaks to me. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a powerful, powerful image. And y'all, like, I, I promise you, 
everyone who's listening right now. I, I don't hype up a lot of a lot of stuff right there because there's a lot of stuff that so it's okay. Really, these rejoice Advent meditations have been a gift to not, not only me but to my parishioners at Holy Rosary. I've witnessed so many of my parishioners exponentially grow in their relationship with Jesus because of their relationship with Mary and Joseph through these meditations over these past few years. And so I, I promise you, like this is the book to get. The, the, the artwork is the artwork to get. The videos are the videos to watch during this Advent season mm-hmm. um, because it's not just like isolated, oh, it was good for me. All my parishioners are very unique and they're very different and they're, they're just loved by the Father, but they were all created so different from each other. But no matter which parishioners I was speaking with over the past two years, I heard the same thing of just intimacy and new levels of being able to communicate and to share and recognizing areas of our own hearts where we have not allowed the Lord into and where we struggle with and desires that can be fulfilled, having hope. And it's it's all there. And so please go to rejoiceprogram.com uh, if you can and begin to order this for yourself, for your couples and your parish, um, it, uh, for small groups. This is a great, great program that is just um, it's conducive to intimacy with the Lord. Uh, and, and that's what we all desire. We were all created for intimacy with the Lord and, uh, and nothing else will satisfy like Jesus. Um, I, I want to go back to the first time I went to confession of Father Mark. He cannot confirm or deny this. So I'll, just, I'll share this. It was at St. Luke or St. Lucy's, one of those two churches that he was a pastor of many years ago. And he said something to me, a priest never said in the confessional. Uh, after I confessed my sins, he said, uh, so, so what preceded your fall? Like what preceded you going into that sin? And I was like, wait, what? Excuse me? Wait, I, I, I'm expecting a, a Hail Mary. Uh, I'm expecting... Uh, something and he actually invited me to begin to to go and to discern what was my near occasion uh and and so I was very grateful for that confession so many years ago because I'd never up until that confession uh actually uh examined what's my near occasion like what precedes what's my trigger what triggers me to give into whatever the vice is and I just it was such a transformative confession uh not that the not that the transformation happened at, at that moment, but the transformation certainly began um, because of mm-hmm. that graced moment. So I just want to thank you for inviting me to the deeper question in the confessional, because mm-hmm. that's what you do with the rejoice. You invite us to go deeper into our hearts and to not be on the surface for the Advent season, but to actually really address what's really going on. What do we really long for, hope for, and uh, and what's really attainable? Uh, which I think Joseph and Mary show us because they are both humans and they they live something that is for all of us. Uh, Father Mark, uh, can you? Is there anything else you want to talk about before we, we close in prayer? Uh, no, brother. I think that uh, my heart is filled with grace and joy just to to be with you and to uh, yeah just to celebrate what God's doing in all of our lives. So uh, I think I'm good, brother. Well. I, you also have a gift of, I'm not going to hype you up to be like some kind of saint right now. Cause I'm sure you are like me, uh, a, a sinner who desires to be a saint, but, uh, can you lead us in a closing prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the father, the son and the Holy spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, we love you. And we thank you for the gift of life and for the gift of, um, being together today in conversation. And we just lift up to you the sacred season of Advent, which is, is calling us. It's, um, it's just around the corner and your voice is uh, speaking to our hearts now. May your kingdom come and your will be done. May this be an advent that not only um, transforms our hearts and surpasses every desire, 
but leads us into a deep encounter with your son, Jesus Christ. And, and in so doing, Lord, may we have a personal encounter with the person of Mary and Joseph. May those two very beautiful people uh, be our pilgrimage directors, our guides in this journey of Advent. May your kingdom come and your will be done. Bless all of our listeners. May all those who are searching for you, Lord, may they pay attention to that small voice within them and take that one step closer to you. And I ask that you pour forth your blessings upon us today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 All right. Well, thank you so much, Father Mark. Again, rejoiceprogram.com is where you can check out the videos every Sunday on Facebook at, I think, 8 o'clock. Is it 8 o'clock? 8 p.m. Eastern. Absolutely. 8 p.m. Eastern time. You can check out Facebook Live with Rejoice, Rejoice Live on the Ascension Facebook page. Uh, and you can also get some of this artwork. It's really, really beautiful. And if you put in ART10, A-R-T number 10, a discount code will be given, which gives you 10% off uh, the art prints. And so please, if you uh, are looking for a, a guide, a source to help you to grow in your relationship with God this Advent season to prepare for Jesus Christ and the upcoming Christmas season, then please consider Rejoice Advent Meditations with the Holy Family. And we also have available Advent Meditations with Joseph and Mary as well. And so you can also um, grow with those resources as well. Father Mark Toops, it's always a gift to be with you, my brother. And uh, it's just that you're, you're a gift. You are a gift. So your brother, it's been great being with you. And uh, let's keep praying for each other, okay? All right. Deuces. <laughs>